Welcome to the Apple of Truth, our weekly podcast where we cover every single episode of Lucifer while celebrating the great parts, pointing out the bad parts, and answering questions you never even knew you had. I'm Lena. And I'm Vero. And we can't wait to share our love and hate for your favorite characters. Today we're talking about Season 4, Episode 7, Devil Is As Devil Does. Which I could not find an official reference for, but in my brain, it's Forrest Gump. Huh. Stupid is as stupid does? Yeah, I did not think of that. Look at that. Blowing my mind again today. Just as I did in The Devils in the Details. Yep. But sadly, no jokes for Forrest Gump from me. Because it's been way too long since I watched that movie. So instead, I'm just gonna transition us harshly into this week's summary. Mm. Actions have consequences is the theme this week. Chloe struggling to handle our spiraling Lucifer. Lucifer being confronted with even more unconscious influence on his not-so-angelic body. Eve being too into it all and having Lucifer slowly but steadily slip away from her. Dan inadvertently putting his own child in danger due to the fucking chip on his shoulder. And even Linda having an overbearing mace after including her into the family. Yeah, I have to say there is so much happening in this episode. So um, rather not dwell on the summary now because we will go through everything in detail. I did point out a few future talking points. Oh, for sure. They are definitely happening. So let's just get straight to the obsession of the week. And uh, very much straightforward from my side, it has been punishment. Oh, wow. Did I win? No. I went with true self. Huh. It depends. Do we look at it as Lucifer's true desire or Lucifer's denial? For me, punishment is Eve's obsession. Lucifer is obsessed with living and then realizing his true self, being terrified of it. That is not a bad take. However, I think that he is obsessed with punishment, but he is just in denial in who to punish because he is trying to punish everybody else around him. But he truly, really just wants to punish himself. I can see where you're coming from, but we're not gonna get an agreement on this one again. Okay, well, I win because mine's better. (laughs) If I can't find another poll, this is gonna be the poll because mine's better. Again? This season, I'm on fire. Yeah, but as in, uh, again, I'm pretty sure that we talked about putting our obsession of the week into a poll last week as well. You edit that one, so who knows what's gonna happen there. That is fair. Let us move over to the facts and puns this week. And I'm sure Vero is gonna do a short squeal when I say... First-time director Richard Spy Jr. And what an episode. Holy shit. He will return for three more episodes. Ah, I just love his eye. He is just so good. And speaking of loving the work, third-time writer Jennifer Graham Imada. Her previous episode was Boo Normal. And she will return for two more Yay. Happy, happy, happy. The title, of course, is set by Lucifer, putting us at five out of seven. As promised, I did the count. And this concludes the facts and funs. 
previously on Lucifer. Dan is spinning out of control. Ella has put away her cross and doesn't believe in God anymore. Linda and Ames are expecting a baby while Mace is the auntie and Ames is marking his territory with another angel. Kinley was arrested and excommunicated. Eve is helping Lucy to spin out of control as well. And Chloe is just trying to be a good friend. And Manadil is marking his territory with another angel. Is he peeing everywhere? That is how it felt. True, true. But also, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had a surprising amount of dick comparing in this episode. So, you know, might as well just go with it. I think I missed all of them. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> we opened this episode with a wonderful cold open. And my first thought was, well... Guess that dude is gonna be our crime scene. Mm. My first thought, especially with the ominous song called Not Your Hero by Becky, Shaheen and Mali, and with Eve's voiceover, which was so well done. It was very well done. Uh, my first thought was that this is indeed Lucifer punishing yet another criminal. Oh, that didn't even cross my mind. Mm. Obviously, that got immediately kind of smushed away because we get to go to the penthouse. But at the start, the first couple of seconds, until we kind of get to see the outline of the person who is shooting, who's taking the shot, I was like, hmm. I think it's deliberately done in a way that we are able to consider Lucifer for it. Yeah, especially since this is the binge yeah. episodes and we are just technically coming out of the moment where at this stage we are still convinced that Lucifer murdered Julian. Yes, which I'm very happy to get uh, confirmation wasn't the case. Yes. But before we move on to the future, Eve's voiceover transitions us very, very beautifully into their bed. And as much of an issue as I have with Eve, I'm sorry, but this is so fucking hot. Her yes. being so horribly into punishing is so fucking sexy. If I weren't already pansexual, this would turn <laughs> this would turn me at least bisexual. I'm pretty sure. Honestly, she is incredibly hot. She is. Especially with this motivation and support. She's definitely playing on uh, the whole sexuality and, and these things. She's hot inside and outside. What kind of destroys this for me is... So this is going great. This is very ominous and very dark. And we have the voiceover. There's a song and we're watching somebody murder somebody else in cold blood and this is all very intense and then suddenly they just start talking about work and Lucifer just kind of agrees oh yeah I'll I'll take you with me into work, you know, and it just kind of lost some of the really? tension for me because it, suddenly it was like more towards playful and funny rather than sexy. A logical progression to this situation would be that they would just go off on their own and start hunting people. No, for me, because he is still maintaining appearances. But barely. Yeah, but he is still trying. And definitely... To me, he is doing this for Chloe. Yeah. Even if it's a conscious yeah. decision, he's doing this for Chloe. So if it weren't for Chloe and he would be truly in this relationship with If it weren't for Eve, Chloe, Eve and he would go off and just punish, punish, punish. 
Yeah, so that was kind of what took me out of that. This is a very hot situation and they're so into each other and this is so cool. I hear you, but speaking of Chloe, Chloe is going to hate having Eve around and so will Dan. Mm-hmm. And with that beautiful setup, we go over to the hospital and we very, very much instantly get the confirmation that Julian is not dead. No. Eureka. He's just paralyzed and terrified. Yay. Mm-hmm. Yay. <laughs> just hands. Uh, I mean, wait, I'm sorry. He can't. Spirit Never mind. <laughs> Just blinks. Just blinks. Oh, my God. Yeah, because he can't do the fingers. Um, well, this way he can join on. <laughs> You're a horrible person. Well, no, 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 no. He is a horrible person. That as well. This scene has a couple of information in there that I kind of love-hate. And we have the fact that Dan very accurately points out that we've seen this fear before. We've seen this face. And I fucking love this because this is one of the rare instances where we see that Dan actually knows how to do his fucking job. However, Chloe refuses to see it, even though I feel, and this is sort of confirmed for me later on in the episode, she knew deep down that... This is the case, but she refuses to see it because she just wants Lucifer to work through his shit and come back to her in a... She is in denial. Yes, precisely. So this is happening there. But then again, Dan is kind of going out of his way to get Lucifer to be punished. And it's just this whole mixed bag of, I know I get it that he's right Lucifer shouldn't be able to do this so without any consequences. However, it doesn't give him the right to to try to punish him himself, which is essentially where he's going to evolve into. But still, in this second, Dan is absolutely right that Lucifer should not be able to get away with this. Mm -hmm. And Chloe, while being in denial, uses this moment to finally point out that Dan has been fucking gunning for Lucifer ever since Charlotte died. And I was extremely appreciative of the show verbalizing the timing because it was always obvious to us as a viewer, but so far it had not been verbalized within the show. Mm -hmm. And I was very, very happy that this finally happened. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I absolutely agree. As much as I disagree with Dan in the details, he is still right when he says that neither of them is objective in the situation. Exactly. So, <sighs> such a short scene, but so full of relevant information and setup and story. Yeah. I feel like that is sort of a theme of this episode. Yeah. Seriously, most of the scenes are much fuller with content than they have any right to be. But <laughs> sadly, we it's now have to move over to the Remiel storyline. And as much as I like Remiel as an idea and how they conclude the situation, I didn't really care about the scenes during the episode yeah it felt extremely irrelevant i love the ending of this plot line yeah yeah i didn't care about the build-up that's the thing 
Like, it all makes sense. And we actually learn really cool, interesting, important yeah. stuff in this scene as well. Yeah. Especially when Ames explains why he thinks he doesn't have the power to slow time anymore. That because was extremely interesting. Because he doesn't want that power. And it makes sense within the so-called self-actualization, which I have decided to call unconscious influence. Yeah. Even with information like this, it just feels after this scene happened, I completely forgot about the spotlight until we get back to it. I completely spaced on it. I just adore how whelmed Ramiel is <laughs> at the prospect of learning about humanity. Mm -hmm. So I don't know the actress from anything else, but her whelmed face gave me joy. It was very good. We can head straight into the crime scene. Called it. It's the dude we saw in the cold open. But I was surprised that he was lying below the overpass. Because I had completely forgotten that part. I didn't really pay that much attention to this. Because now is the time that I have decided to point out something that I have noticed in the last episode already. And that's the fact that the first episode with Eve we get, she is dressed in white the entire time. But True. since the last episode, where she actually becomes a full-on Lucifer's girlfriend and everything, she is always dressed in red. Always. True. Different outfits, different styles. It's always red. So I am liking the symbolism. Before Eve shows up, I need to step upon the hill of this episode I will take my stand upon. Okay. Can someone please fucking finally take some proper interest in Ella? Yeah. I am so fucking over the fact that she is so obviously struggling and even though people realize and recognize it no one can be fucking arsed to take five minutes out of their oh so busy day to talk to her and more importantly listen to her and I know where this episode ends and I'm gonna have my opinions on it but this is where I start stepping up on my hill and getting really fucking angry about it. And that is absolutely fair because I agree. Ella should get more friendship from her so-called friends. From the people yes. who convince her to not leave because of yes. her brother. From the yes. people who claim to be her family away from family. You know, yes. It's just annoying. It's I was so upsetting. Angry. Yeah. And my patience ran out. I'm yeah. I was willing to wait for a certain amount of time. The cup hath runneth empty. I am done with waiting. That's absolutely fair. So Eve is showing up with Lucifer at the crime scene. <laughs> Not dressed for a crime scene at all. Mm-hmm. Chloe is very frustrated and Eve is being very overly sexual about everything that's happening there. Which is kind of just what she does when she's around Lucifer. She's just trying to make everything sound dirty, especially when it comes down to punishment. Which makes sense. But also, yeah, but like, as an external on. viewer, it's super annoying. Mm -hmm. But while she is making everything overly sexual, Chloe reaches the end of her rope and she goes like, Lucifer... Can, can we talk for a moment? And she takes Lucifer to the side and she goes, hey, this is highly inappropriate. And she goes into her whole usual 
shtick, what is okay and what is not. And then Lucifer did something or does something that I did not expect. If you do not want us here, that he now refers to Eve and himself as us mm -hmm. was a development of their relationship that I had not expected. It makes sense and it also gives it more gravitas. Not to mention that when Chloe asks him to step away, he looks at Eve for approval first. And she says, and okay. She nods. And she says, oh, it's okay. You go ahead. And yeah, I mean, it felt slightly like he has the upper hand in that situation with Chloe. But does he really? To me, it said that he is not confident enough in his own individuality that he is now becoming dependent on Eve's opinion, which is where she wants him to be. It kind of feels like the dynamic between them has changed since he, since she convinced him to go after Julian. I don't think she wants him to be there. I think she truly believes that she is doing him a service, leading him back to his old self. But I think that he doesn't remember his old self well enough to know how to act accordingly to it. So he needs her reminder which behavior is okay and which isn't. Yeah. Either way, it does not make me very happy. <laughs> But it makes me very happy that Chloe goes, ah. if I let both of them out of my sight, this is gonna get so much more fucked up. So it is the smarter solution to keep them close where I at least have the theoretical chance of interfering. Yeah, exactly. So yay for super cop Chloe. Yeah, you can see her weighing her options and she chooses well. The one <laughs> of the least evil. Yeah. Um, also, there's one little small bit that I wanted to point out and that is when Lucifer and Chloe do step away, Eve heads towards the body and as she is kind of heading toward it, Ella gives her the brightest smile. Eve is amazing with everyone. And it just reminded me of what happened between the two of them. At Lux. It must, yeah. It, it was intense, honestly. And I believe that Ella actually considers Eve her friend now. She even points it out later on. Mm -hmm. So... To close up the scene, we get the title card and we move over to the precinct. Eve is gushing over the, oh, he looks really guilty. Yeah, he looks really guilty. But I didn't care much about all of that. But Chloe gets a call and she ignores it. I just bunched everything within the precinct together. And yeah. Dan is talking to Ella. Oh, salty, salty Dan. And during their conversation, Ella says, well, the place has probably been professionally cleaned. And then you basically, if he was a dog, you would see his ears perk up mm -hmm. and then he leaves. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, he's going to talk to the cleaners. Mm -hmm. And yeah, he does so, and, you know. Yeah. But sadly, this interlude is very quickly over and we go back to Lucifer Eve and Chloe. Mm -hmm. And as much as I have come to appreciate Eve, also because of the stuff I talk about in my Devils in the Details this week... Her over-eagerness is grating. It's so annoying. I was just very unimpressed with the fact that there is an actual gangster who has an actual 
actual golden gun because it's so incredibly impractical. Seriously, after Bob the Knob and Pool Boy, I'm not surprised we have Pony Boy with the golden gun. It's dumb. Also, it can be gold, right? Because gold is too soft in order to be... If it's it only, wear an no, actual no, 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 gold... No, 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 It's only a coating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. In that case, I'm like, okay, at least it makes a little bit of sense. That's why it flaked but... off. Ugh. Yeah. Still dumb, though. Still oh, dumb. totally dumb. So we move over to Linda's and we see Maze and it was instantly obvious to me that she is talking to the baby bump. Of course. So I was very, very happy when I was right. Mm-hmm. And the way she talks and what she describes, we know again because we have had glimpses and hints Mays had a very curious childhood mm-hmm. also while I do understand Linda's reaction that maybe the things the baby hears should not be about graphic murder. I am with Mace. Why would you not want to hear about graphic murder? I enjoy hearing about graphic murder. So why wouldn't the baby? Uh, yeah, you don't know. I only have one note on this scene and that is Mace is so perfect. I like, I love her very, very much. While also Mace loves Linda very, very much. It's just so sweet. I actually really adore where they take this with the question later on. Like, are yes. you in love with me if and, if it, and everything? But I absolutely adore the fact that Mace is so hyper-protective of Linda. Mm-hmm. And it, it is did... very, very obvious that Mace is not going to take no for an answer unless Linda puts it in a way Mace can understand. Exactly. It did make me wonder if there actually is going to be some sort of a danger throughout this episode especially with oh, yeah. Daniel being yeah. around but that was my expectation yeah my expectation kind of was well once Linda convinces Mace not to follow her around anymore she's gonna get kidnapped or murdered or something by Ramiel. This is not a long scene, so we're just gonna head over to the precinct with a song that actually is a center of my very, very short Dallas in the Music this week called We Love It by Autosight. And yeah, we love it when Daniel digs through trash. I did not love the fact that he dumps it on the table and then just fucks off. I mean, he is trying to dig up some dirt, so... Yeah, but he still leaves Ella with the bullshit. <sighs> yeah, I know. It's <sighs> So, while I enjoyed the fact that he really went and bought the garbage of the cleaning crew, so power move, adore that. Did not love the fact that he just leaves everything and Ella has to deal with it. Yeah, he's just being arse to her now. And now people around him suffer for his obsession about Lucifer. He's just very short with her, just like everyone else, because he just doesn't and take the time to care and look. But IMDb fact, because I didn't know this. When Dan finds Lucifer's brand of cigarettes, the name on the side of the cigarette reads Merveille. Merveille, I have no idea if I'm pronouncing this right, is French and means Wonder, Miracle, Prodigy, or Marvel. This is a prop made especially for the show. There is a Dutch cigar brand called Merveille, but no cigarettes. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Well, obviously, Lucifer would have Lucifer-specific cigarettes, so... Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, unless Dan would do a DNA test and get DNA from Lucifer back, which he doesn't have, he 
would never be able to be 100% sure that this belongs to Lucifer unless this is a specific brand that is yeah. solely used by Lucifer. So this whole situation of the cigarette not actually existing makes complete sense. I would not be surprised if he would just approach a cigar company and make them create cigarettes for him specifically. Maybe a favor he called in. That is now my headcanon, thank you. I can live with that. We are now at the beach. For some reason, during this interaction with the exercise and everything, Lucifer says, my little pony boy. And I'm sorry, I'm a fucking brony, so this is a my little pony reference, and I'm here for it. Of course it's a my little pony reference. Yep, I did not <laughs> expect Lucifer to have a fucking my little pony reference, and I do wonder what Lucifer's cutie mark would be. <laughs> it's so funny. This is the moment where I started getting annoyed with Chloe a little bit and her denial because Eve is so obviously and unapologetically out there with her opinions about oh we need to punish this is gonna be this is gonna get violent I'm, I can't wait I'm gonna you know jump Lucifer immediately after he beats somebody up you know she is just out there not even worrying about the fact that they're out there with the police and this is not Eve how worry? the world exactly however it surprises me that Chloe is just letting this go she does not talk to Eve once she only talks talks to Lucifer. She doesn't really react to Eve. It was just, this is when it started getting a little bit annoying and I understand and where this is coming from and I get that this is because she is in denial about the situation and she is partially trying to keep at least Lucifer close even if it's with Eve. It was just annoying to me. To me it actually made perfect sense that Chloe is not actively engaging with Eve because so far anytime we've seen Eve engage with anyone directly it resulted in the other person being pro Eve mm. and I feel like Chloe is aware enough of these subconscious manipulations that she's keeping herself away from that and actively not interacting with Eve mm. so to me that made perfect sense yeah well, I suppose super cop Chloe super cop Chloe is at least asking questions about the case and the correct questions about the case because mm -hmm. Lucifer does his thing and uh, my little pony says I wish I was the one who was allowed to kill some and she's like wait a second let's unpack this and let me ask all these questions and obviously because pony is not under the spell anymore he refuses and because Pony requests a lawyer, we uh, pop back into the precinct where Ella is drinking from the most obnoxious cup I have ever seen in my life. It's hilarious, but so weird. Thank you. I mean, it's Why? not just on the Why? front. It's on the bottom. It's on well. the bottom. Is it a gift from Lucifer? I feel like we should remember that. I feel like Lucifer gave Ella a cup when he was, you know, trying to not be friendly with Chloe. Do you remember that episode? He gave her something. Yeah, yeah, anyway. I know, I know. But still, why? It's, yeah, I don't know. It's slightly disturbing what can i say i mean i have a more than healthy self-confidence that i would never have a cup with myself on it i mean if it were a gift i understand especially ella she would use it just to make the person the giftee gifter no just to 
make the gifter happy. But mm, I know, I know what you get. It's just so obnoxious. Like, why? Why would you even? Uh, why is it on the bottom? That, like, that's the weirdest part. But because it's the, the same picture. It, yeah. The Chloe Ella interaction is the one thing, but Lucifer now overhears something. Mm-hmm. That he does. This is the moment where we learn that. Lucifer is gonna get bit in the butt, more or less, because mm-hmm. he went off the fucking rails. Mm-hmm. And instead of doing the healthy, responsible thing, he just gets more angry and more evil. Essentially, he just goes swimming in the river of denial. With anger issues. With anger issues, yeah. Because he learns that some died because of what he did, and his reaction is, oh, I need to punish the dude who murdered Sam. Yeah. It's your fault, Lucifer. Yeah. You did this. There is no introspection. There is no self-awareness. So instead, we have to move over to Tiernan's office. By the way, Tiernan, great name. Also, that actor has some very impressive eyebrows. Oh, yeah. That he does. I was very, very impressed by them. Uh-huh. I have to confess I didn't care much about the exchange. Yeah, this is one of the moments where we see the dick comparing, you might oh, say. Oh, missed that. Please point it out. The two of them, Lucifer doing what he does best, but also Tiernan doing what he does best. So this is both of them, what they do best, is intimidate the other person. So they start intimidate each other. And that resolves into Lucifer asking Chloe to leave because he doesn't want to hulk out. Which, duh, never gonna happen. Especially since she knows what that entails. Even if she didn't know anything about Lucifer, she would never leave. Yeah, exactly. Never. Ever. Like, dude. Just, yeah. So, a lot of clashing egos in this moment. Maybe it would have been easier if Tiernan and Lucifer just had gotten their dicks out. Yeah, yeah, it would. Uh, however, this is the first moment where I started praising openly Rich Spade for the direction because we have this moment where Lucifer is destroying the chair and he has Eve on one side and he has Chloe on the other and it's the perfect framing. An angel on one shoulder and the devil on another. Exactly. And of course, it is fucking perfection that Chloe, who I in the past have repeatedly described as morally white, mm-hmm. is our stand-in angel. And Eve, with her over-eagerness for punishment and bloodthirstiness, is the stand-in for the devil on the shoulder. Exactly. And the detail that I loved about this is that Lucifer is inclined to do Eve's bidding yeah. until... Chloe touches him. Which was such a nice touch. Yeah. Uh, pun intended. Because this is what basically snaps him out of it. Exactly. Because remember when she, in the beginning of season four, mm-hmm. she recoiled from his touch? And then we have the calculated touch when she is still doing kinly spitting. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is the first honest, self-motivated touching. Mm. That is actually a pretty good point. We transition kind of harshly over to the precinct. Mm -hmm. And Chloe tries to confront Lucifer on all of this. Which leads us to our title drop. The devil is as the devil does. 
and they continue talking about this and they talk about punishing and Lucifer goes that he is basically just doing his job and I was so fucking angry because this is not your job on earth this was your job in hell Lucifer that you, you ran away from left yeah you fucking left hell and your job to go mm -hmm. to earth and do your own thing mm -hmm. So do your own thing and don't do your bullshit job that is not even your job anymore. If you want to do punishment, go the fuck back to hell. Exactly. Very well put. You know, one of my favorite things about this conversation is the fact that he gets himself really worked up and he is scary. And Chloe does not show sign of fear the entire time. She shows pain. She shows emotions. But she keeps looking him in the eye when he kind of purrs on her. She doesn't flinch. Not at all. And I think that this is a big involvement of their relationship and herself and her coping. So that just gave me a lot. The fact that she did not show fear at all. I also found it extremely impressive how she handles his confession that he was indeed the one to hurt Julian. Because let's face it, this puts her in a fucking horrible position. Now she knows who did the crime. Mm -hmm. In theory, it is now her job to prosecute Lucifer for this crime because she just heard a confession. That is true. On the other hand, no charges were filed. Still, she now has a confession on her hands. So as a proper good super cop, she has a certain responsibility with this. Yeah, I think though this is the issue that because no charges were filed by Julian To close this up, Lucifer is really lashing out here and he is getting cruel in his mm. lashing out. Mm. And while I have a certain amount of understanding for his lashing out, this is a level of low and cruelty where my understanding ends. So Lucifer is really using up all empathy I had for him till now. Yeah. I do think though that Chloe's reaction is helping him to work through it. Chloe is the fucking MVP here. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. No questions asked. Because I feel like if she would have pushed back right now, it would have sent him into a deeper spiral. Into a deeper spiral. Yeah, definitely. We go over back to Tiernan and it's like, oh, the police are back. Oh, I have nothing else to say. And then, of course, it is Dan. And so Dan shows up there and I was like, oh, well, Dan is gonna tell Tiernan that Sam did not hurt Julian. Dan is gonna tell him it was Lucifer. Oh. And then it all happened. I was like, oh, fuck. Mm -hmm. <laughs> So I saw it coming and I was not happy. Yeah, same. I immediately said that I expect this to bite him in the arse. Oh, because yeah. it was obvious that this is not gonna go well. Then I kind of stopped myself and figured, well, maybe it's actually gonna help the case a little bit if nothing bad is going to happen to, you know, any of our characters. And if they get attacked, it would be a proof, solid enough proof, that Tiernan actually did murder some or it would in some way implicate him in the murder however I don't think that catching the killer were Dunn's original intentions so, or motivation yeah no yeah but with the case progressing we go back to the precinct and Ella is doing such a fucking exceptional job on the case and Chloe just kind of waltzes all over that and she is so self-involved in her own problems listen I get it. 
I understand it. She is dealing with something in a cosmic consequences. It's something really, really big and life-changing. However, Ella is doing such a fucking good job. She is solving case after case after case pretty much single-handedly. Appreciation for Ella! She does this perfect, explicit description. How and why religion and faith make no sense and it is all bullshit. Because the thing is, on a certain level, all of this tracks. And if you ever watched Firefly, you have the perfect explanation why faith still makes sense. Not gonna go into this. If you need a perfect quote, go fucking watch Firefly. Maybe we can talk about the quote if we ever cover Firefly. Oh my god, I would love that. It's not that much as in just one season. <laughs> I know, I know. We are all still crying about that. <sighs> so, all of this happens and Chloe has this revelation that, oh wait, the devil is also an angel. I know, shocker! Let's just move on to the plot line that I completely forgot about again since we started recording this, as well as I did when I was watching this episode. And we can completely ignore the scene, except for a wonderfully cliched exchange. Lord doesn't mean weak. That sounds like something a weak person would say. Yeah, classic. That's all I have to point out for this scene. This scene just tells us that there is going to be a fight and... It just reminds us that this is still happening. It's still going on. Even though we completely disregard it, it, it's still there for some reason. So yeah, this is just a little reminder, I'd say. Although I am glad that Ames seems to be standing up for himself, which is something that I wouldn't say about him or I wouldn't call his best quality a couple of seasons ago. So go, Ames. Now we are out on the straight and Linda is walking alone. And as much as I enjoyed this scene, it was so fucking obvious to me that there was not going to be a proper, proper danger. My expectation was that Ramiel would show up and Maze would kick Ramiel's butt. But once Linda realized that the tension she was falling was Maze stalking her and they started having the conversation, it became clear to me that that was not going to happen. And then Maze says, our baby. And this was the moment where I realized, uh oh, this is going to go really bad, really fast unless Linda finds a way to define boundaries and translate them in a way Mace understands, which she does later in the episode. But this was where I was going in my brain like, uh-oh, this has the yeah. potential to go real bad. Yeah. Unhealthy codependency, I believe you called it. That's definitely one way of putting it. Yeah stuff. Mm. Yeah, I at first thought to myself, mm, Linda seems to be in danger. I guess it's good that Mace is keeping an eye on her. And then I was like, oh yeah, actually, never mind. <laughs> Mace is the danger. We go over to the one interesting part of our side plot with the angel fight. It's so cool. Uh, like, seriously, I have no idea where they are fighting, but the set is Fucking amazing. Yeah. And I have to say, I adore Remiel for being so over-the-top honorable. Mm -hmm. Splitting her spear into two parts so they are equally equipped for the fight is just really, really good. Like, cliche definition of good. It gives us another proof that she modeled herself after a mini-deal because yeah. he is this superiorly moral, bullshit, proud warrior type of a person as well. So the fight just... has to be a fair one to count. Mm, so good. It's very good. It's very beautiful. They do 
a lot of like really fun moves as angels when they do the and the person like pops in the back like it's been punched and stuff like that it's just very well choreographed as per usual for Lucifer anyway the fight is a lot of fun and I'm pretty sure this was a lot of fun to shoot Mm -hmm. as well yeah and of course in the end Ames wins because he has the right motivation also he is the strongest angel out there but aside from Ames being the best the strongest most honorable angel I have no other notes yeah well we speaking of bestest and most honorable (laughs) we go to chloe's apartment and we got some trixie time so trixie is listening in on the phone call that chloe is making to linda to linda's mailbox she's leaving linda a message yeah so she overhears and of course being Trixie, she asks about Lucifer and she is concerned and she hits us with the truth. If you're going through something, that's when you need your friends the most. In retrospect, now I'm going to connect it to the whole situation with Ella as well. So what? Yeah. Okay. And I love Trixie for what she's going to do next. It's just so much, so pure. Trixie's conclusion is pretty much perfection. Yes. But before we have that, we got to move over to the penthouse. And Eve, as many and much different issues both of us have with Eve, she's extremely perceptive. Mm -hmm. She realizes, she catches on that Lucifer is stalling and he is stalling because of Chloe. She realizes before he he does. So, And while I can understand her argumentation, I still disagree with her that helping Lucifer back to his old self is the right way for Lucifer. Mm -hmm. Well, she is pretty much using the same words that Chloe used in the fight earlier in the precinct, which, and I'm sure is something that does kick Lucifer a little bit more towards getting closer to his true self or trying to figure out why he is the way he is right now. This is very deliberate and to me this is hopefully the first moment where he starts to realize that Eve might be bad for him. I think the seed was planted in the conversation with Chloe and now it actually is taking its effect a little bit. But we get my favorite moment. The elevator doors open. And you expect some sort of a murderer or mace to show up. I actually expected Chloe to show up, to be honest. I mean, yes, with the moment, with the timing that they talk about. But no, it's the detective's offspring. It's Trixie. And she's so great. The fucking stink eye she delivers towards Eve. She's like this hurricane running through the apartment. And Do you have a pet? You know what? This is actually the first time that Trixie is in the penthouse. I did not realize that. I just, because I've Me seen never. her there before, watching this show before, obviously. I was just like, oh yeah, sure. She just, you know, comes in, shows up, whatever. It's so good. It's so good. I love the pet moment the most. You can see suddenly Eve gets out of the hall. Let's bring Lucifer back to who he was in the garden because she is intrigued and she is amused by this child. Eve is the original proto-mother. I was just gonna say she is mother. She is the first mother ever. Yeah. And And that is just another aspect of Eve that is in the future scene just gonna be existing without having explicit exploration of it and it just adds to all the layers 
Yes, so just quick explanation that Trixie gives to Lucifer is my mom said you needed a friend. This is why Which I'm is here. very cute. It's very cute and it's very needed right now. And before we can go into much more detail, we have to move over back to Chloe's because someone has to notice that Trixie isn't around. Yeah, sure as hell not gonna be Chloe. Chloe is super busy, but Dan shows up and he's like, yeah, I'm gonna pick up Trixie. And she goes, Trixie! Ta-da! There's no Trixie. There's no Trixie. It was only then when I caught on, oh fuck, so Trixie's gonna be in the penthouse when Tiana's goons come by. Mm-hmm. Well, now, a yet another amazing moment from this episode comes in, and that is yeah. Trixie interrogating Eve. So good! Again, Eve is suddenly a completely different person. She She's is a mother now. intrigued by Trixie, she is entertained by Trixie, she completely disregards the whole let's go punish situation, because Trixie's there and why not you know it's fun it's it's interesting it's a child Eve is now in mother mode exactly and it's beautiful to watch it's so much fun yeah and there is one tiny little thing that Trixie says because the last question that she asks before the elevator opens is are you the right friend for Lucifer right now and Lucifer hears that and you get the little side look where he kind of does a double take and that is yet another thing that is gonna bring him back to being himself in my opinion but also in eve's credit she doesn't say yes she says i hope so and it just proves that she is really convinced that she is doing the right thing for him she's trying her very best exactly just there is so much happening with expressions and stuff and again i'm gonna credit a lot of it not just to the actors and to the writing but to the directing as well it's just the little moments and then the elevator goes ding one last and once again it's not the people we hope to see it's the people who are due to show up and it's fuck time pony boy pony boy's here and we get this shot. So first of all, what happens is that Eve immediately jumps in front of Trixie. She doesn't jump in front of her. She pushes her behind her. She protects Trixie as a first instinct. She physically takes Trixie and moves her behind her, which to me is even more protective than just stepping in front of someone because she yeah. does the conscious physical effort of making sure where Trixie is and having the physical connection with her. Yes. And again, we are running into this again. This is a very, very positive move for me. Watching this as a viewer, it makes me like Eve. Original mother. And then there is another thing that happens, and that is Lucifer comes back to the scene. So he, at first, grabs the dude through the thing. Through the wall! And just smashes him through back through the wall. And so then, awesome. Then we get just the darkness and the two red eyes. And holy shit! Thank you, universe, for the wonderful gift of Richard Spade Jr. <laughs> directing an episode of Lucifer. Thank you. It's beautiful. It has all the emotion that you want in there. It's, it's so well done. It's so smart. And it's so short. It's super short. It doesn't need anymore. The entire fight scene is surprisingly short because very, very quickly, Chloe and Dan show up with police support and you have this instant moment of understanding between Chloe and Eve because this 
is a whole different level between the two of them. This is not relating to Lucifer in any way, shape or form. This is two mothers. And I really appreciated this level between the two of them because they understand each other. Yes. But for a moment, we leave Eve. Uh, leave Eve. <laughs> leave and Eve. spend time on the balcony with Lucifer and Chloe. And they talk. And to me, the one relevant part is Chloe, of course, goes with the, yeah, but the devil was also an angel. Blah, 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 because he just had this revelation. So it has to be totally important. Mm-hmm. Even though it was like, yeah, girl, I'm pretty sure Lucifer knows he used to be an angel. But since the writing is deliberate and her realization has to be story relevant it actually causes lucifer to go yeah but i'm not sure i'm an angel anymore because i haven't checked i have not looked at my wings ever since my devil face and this is not just denial because he now formulates exactly what his worry is I'm afraid that they're gone and Chloe says you should look and you might be surprised which of course sets us up to the ending of the episode well indeed he is surprised with that conversation Eve shows up yeah the police is done and we have this short interaction between Eve and Chloe before Chloe leaves which Mm -hmm. is very nice which is the mother to mother level again and then Chloe leaves and we have this short interaction between Lucifer and Eve Mm -hmm. and then Eve does something that started to change my perception on her on a certain level Mm. because she says you know I only want us you to be happy and this adjustment from us to you felt very honest to me and I have had my reservations about why did Eve come and what is her actual final goal and maybe is it her ultimate plan to bring Lucifer back to hell to sit on the throne and blah 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 this is where I'm starting to believe Eve in her supposed goal because of this tiny she wants Lucifer to be happy Hmm. yes she is under the assumption that her way is the right way to make Lucifer happy but do you know the saying if you truly love someone you let them go yeah and I feel like Eve's love is actually truly that kind of love if And when at some point Eve realizes that she does not make Lucifer truly happy, she will have the capacity to let him go so he can be truly happy. Yeah, I don't disagree. And this is where I started to believe her. So this to me is the turning point where I stop doubting and overanalyzing every single potential motivation within Eve Mm -hmm. and actually am willing to accept that she might not be a bad guy. (laughs) Huh, yeah. All because of one word. All because of one word. No, definitely this is a very important moment. And I feel like when she saw Lucifer with Chloe on the balcony, you know, you would expect the first reaction to be jealousy, especially after a bunch of things that we've seen. But I feel like her first reaction is... Am I missing something here? I just want him to be happy. What can I do more to make him happy? It's not competition between her and Chloe. It's what am I missing here? What Mm. can I do better? Yeah. Which aspect of Lucifer am I not seeing? (sighs) Well, there is yet another aspect that she's not going to get to see because Lucifer decides to go after stupid, stupid Tyrion by himself. But she accepts. She She says this is important to me. And she, without prejudice and 
any resentment she says mm -hmm. yes yeah you go and do your thing and now I actually believe her to be honest in her statements cool good I was not very trusting towards Lucifer about his motivations of why he wants to be there on his own oh I was because of the conversation between Chloe and him and the yeah. angel wings mm, yeah 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 well yeah that's everything I'm gonna say about that. So we move on to the precinct again. We are starting this kind of a segment of a lot of cutting back and forth where they are talking to My Little Pony and it seems like the broken finger is coming up and the real motives of why they went after Lucifer is about to come up. And for some reason, Pony doesn't actually share. That was interesting to me. I am waiting for this to blow up in Dan's face and mm -hmm. the Pony Boy making demands of Dan to not blow his cover. Yeah, it feels like this is a brewing of something in there. Yeah, I kind of expected the motive to come out anyway, and I was surprised that Dan seemed shocked that that might happen. It's like, oh no, he actually gonna tell her, and then he's not telling her, why isn't he telling her? It was just kind of a weird moment for Dan for me. But then we have the office scene where they are continuing to build up the expectation of Lucifer doing God knows what to your man. You mean dad knows what? Well, I definitely have to point out that it's very curious timing wise that Tiernan is planning to leave. Lucifer having this timing to be, yeah, I'm gonna come here to, in our expectation, basically fuck you up. And Lucifer says it's time that you get the punishment you deserve. Which, of course, ends this scene to leave us wondering, well, 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 what does he deserve? And, of course, very, very quickly our question gets answered within the precinct because he is bringing him in and handing him over. Yeah, I need to point out and appreciate Chloe being a super cop again because she yeah. is adamant on getting a proof, getting evidence first before she runs over to try to figure out what's happening with Lucifer. Because she knows that if she just bursts in there without any evidence at all, unless the dude is dead, there's really no way of this ended up well. I mean, not even him dying. Even with proof, it's gonna be a fucking hard battle. So she's gonna have to stack the deck as much as possible. Yeah. And then the plot twist that I didn't expect is that Lucifer actually comes in and brings him in seemingly unharmed. Yeah. And while this happens, or right after this happens, Chloe says the sentence, it's never too late to do the right thing. And while she is saying this to Lucifer, to me, this is more a sentence aimed at the situation Dan is finding himself in within at the moment. Mm. And I truly hope that my boy Dan is gonna do the right thing mm. sooner rather than later. Yeah, he fucking better. But sadly, before we can solve and conclude and sort out any of our main plot shit, we have to go back to one of our side plots, which is Linda and Mace. And did not expect where this was going. I did not see that question coming. I found it utterly hilarious that Linda goes, are you in love with me? And I absolutely adore Maze's reaction and reply. Yeah, it's very honest. It's very good. What I love about this scene is that Linda actually, Linda's Maze. <laughs> yeah. 
So that just made me really happy that we haven't seen Linda being like this helpful towards her in a while. Let me stop you right there. Let's not use the word helpful. It is very, very healthy that therapists don't psychoanalyze their friends. And it's actually really, really bad behavior as a psychologist or a therapist when you do analyze your friends because this is not what you are supposed to do. True. So I actually really appreciate it that usually in their relationship, Linda does not use her profession to analyze or guide Maze because they're supposed to be equal friends within the mm-hmm. relationship. But in this situation, Linda desperately needs to put up certain boundaries. And so to me, it made perfect sense that she uses her profession and her professional knowledge to phrase it in a way and make sure Mace has something else to latch onto. Yeah. Meaning the word connection. And because she phrases it so well, I'm gonna take this word and I'm gonna run with it into the next scene. Wait. Oh, sorry. Before the next scene happened, I was like, yeah, Mace looking for her own connection. Awesome. Please let it not be Dan. And then the next scene happened. I was like, well, guess I don't have to worry. Mm -hmm. So connection is a great word to use in regards to Mace. And it is also a very good word to use in regards to Dan and Ella. Because as they both trying to connect with something, trying to replace a connection that they lost... Yep. They find each other. We get a song in this moment called Can You Hear Me by Unsecret and Young Summer. Which is a perfect fucking title because both of them really need to fucking talk about their shit. They decide not to talk though. They decide to talk with their bodies. And so now me being me. Mm -hmm. Me having been extremely explicit and sex positive. Mm Mm-hmm. I get it. I fucking totally get it. This is using sex as a comfort. Mm -hmm. This is using sex as an escape. Mm -hmm. This is using sex as a substitute. Yes. Been there, done that, and it fucking works. No pun intended. And it makes sense. Mm -hmm. But can they fuck someone else and not each other? No, they can't. Like, literally, I could live with anything else except the two of them fucking each other. You know what? I'm going to put it into my perspective and see if that's going to help you in any way at all. I think, as I mentioned, they both are struggling and they both need something. Yeah. And this is something that might help them out. So, to me, as long as this is a one-time thing, a friend helping out a friend, I'm good with this. If they try to turn it into a relationship, I'm gonna be pissed. I have to say my final thoughts. If this remains a one-night stand and they both manage to maintain their professional relationship, I'm good. If not, I'm not. Same. So, yeah, I'm... I'm I'm at peace with it for now. So we move over into our final double scene, Mm. I'm going to call it, because we now will transition back and forth, back and forth, which I tried, but it's literally impossible to separate completely. I still wrote down all the timestamps. So if you are curious, just look at my fucking notes. We get Kinley. And I'm sorry, I completely forgot Kinley existed, even though he has been such a fucking good villain, because I was so preoccupied with Eve and everything else. I just didn't expect him to still be hanging out in Murican jail. Yeah. This is the moment also where I I realized that he was the one trying to call Chloe. Yeah, I didn't. (laughs) As we have Chloe talking about the fact that Lucifer is 
indeed an angel, we get a song coming up. And it's the last song of the episode. It is their fucking back, baby. It's by Clergy. Yo! It is called Caught in the Fire. It is very good. Even though I enjoyed this back and forth a lot, at some point it became a little bit obnoxious because we are literally cutting within two seconds back and forth. And I know it's all for the tension, but I didn't need that for the tension. So I was more annoyed by it than it helped for me to maintain the tension. So I'm gonna look at both parts of the scenes separately. Okay. Because the jail scene to me only has one relevant part, which is Chloe now knows the prophecy and Chloe now is gonna assume it's Eve. Yes. So this is gonna weaponize Chloe against Eve. Yes, it's gonna give her a motive to not be a fan. Not just not a fan, but basically to now not quotation marks kill lucifer but to get rid of eve because eve now might trigger the apocalypse basically this is the only relevant part of the kindly chloe exchange to me on the other hand we have lucifer with linda all the props to linda that she is straight away coming over after receiving lucifer's call for help basically i would just like to point out that this does not disprove the theory that i have presented last time which is fine which is perfectly fine just wanted to put it out there it also doesn't prove it but yes it also doesn't disprove it it is true lucifer looks like shit he is an absolute wreck and mess Mm -hmm. and then we finally learn that he did check after chloe told him then he went to collect tiernan handed him in unharmed and he checked again and his wings didn't change why should they have changed because the first time he checked they were horrifying and then we see what he means and he now has devil wings he's becoming batman no he's not becoming batman (laughs) i'm sorry no i just needed to make that joke i needed to get it out of my system it's fine and he now has proper demon evil bat demon devil wings yes He also is aware of the now proven self-actualizing theory when it comes to angels and their physical representation and their powers. So while he is terrified and horrified by his demon wings, he must also be aware that he is doing this to himself because he sees himself as a true monster. But just because you know that you look like a monster because you consider yourself a monster doesn't help you to stop considering yourself a monster and thus look like a monster. Exactly. So my heart aches for Lucifer because this is where his actions have led him. Some of his actions might have been supported by Eve, but he got himself there all by himself. This is his own fault. Exactly. And while it makes sense, especially after the rejection by Chloe and all, it is still on him. Mm -hmm. If he cannot love himself, how the fuck can you expect anyone else to love you? This is very curious in many, many layers because in some parts he did it to himself. In other parts, he's a victim of his circumstances and he literally does not have the tools to handle this. So I am very happy that he called Linda Mm. because Linda is literally the only person on earth who can help him through this and so i'm very curious what they're gonna do with this revelation that ended this episode and so i'm just gonna go right into my 
general faults for this one. Because, oh my, we are spiraling out of control and into madness this week. Lucifer is now going full devil with his bat-like wings. Just like Vero had to point out with the Batman joke. He's Batman. Which apparently never happened before, so he must feel even worse about himself than ever before, since we know angels unconsciously influence their own appearance and capabilities, blah, 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 blah. He must thus truly believe himself a monster, which probably also is to no small part due to the fact that Chloe has been unable to accept him and his devil side. So it's not really surprising, but still, it all makes sense. Dan, my boy, is totally losing it and now starts affecting innocence around him, aka putting Trixie in danger. I get that Dan and Ella are simply seeking comfort within each other and I understand that, as I have pointed out, but I am still utterly and fiercely against the two of them hooking up. As we both said, if this day's a one-night stand and they manage to stay friends after... That's also a condition. All is well. But if this turns into an obsession or a rebound situation or whatever, I will hate it with a passion. My hill this episode. Ella is struggling and it fucking hurts me so fucking much that until the very end, no one, but especially not even Chloe, is paying enough attention or even caring enough to try and make Ella talk. Eve is, uh, funnily enough, growing on me. While also getting on my nerves pretty constantly. I like the moment of understanding between Chloe and Eve as mothers. And as I said, I'm starting to believe that Eve honestly thinks helping Lucifer return to his old self is the best way to do. The best way to go. But her childlike naivete and especially her cluelessness is really getting on my nerves. Kinley now telling Chloe the prophecy is probably going to drive an even bigger wedge between Lucifer and Chloe. Since obviously everyone is gonna think it's Eve who's the first love and pushing against the relationship is probably not gonna help Chloe's and Lucifer's relationship with each other. We only have three more episodes this season and this all seems to be building up to actually literally having evil walk the earth. And honestly, I can't fucking wait. I have been so tortured by emotions and questions this season. I kinda wanna see the characters suffer as well. <laughs> so let's hope that happens. What a lovely way to close your final thoughts. <laughs> I know. Aren't I just a gem? Such, such a gem. So... To be honest, I wasn't exactly loving this episode, especially and mainly the aspect at the start where we had the very much Lucy-orientated side of Eve. Because she always, 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 and I said it numerous of times, gets way more likable when she interacts with everybody but Lucifer. I feel that Remy's and Ames's plotline was solved way too easy, so I expect there would be some sort of a catch in the future. Yeah, I completely forgot them in my general thoughts, yeah. I just noticed. <laughs> Even Oops. though your general thoughts are like a half page long. <laughs> so funny. A lot of things happened and I agree with that. Then regarding Linda and Mace, they did really make me worry for their relationship and for Linda's safety that entire time. So it was kind of cool because it kept me on edge and kept me interested in that storyline. And as we have repeatedly said, if 
as long as Dan and Ella won't turn into an actual relationship, I'm kind of cool with this. It's sometimes we all need a little bit of a support from a friend. And if this is the type of a support that can help you, which often is, I am good with that. But the special award of the best performance out of all the characters in this episode goes to Trixie because she is definitely the best. We love her very much and I just can't help it. She's the cherry on top of this episode. She's the true MVP. Yes, exactly. And with this, we say thank you for listening. Please find us on our various social media. We love interacting with you either over there or when you send us emails to lucifer at taot-podcast.com. If you want to get even more personal and have secret chats with us on our exclusive Discord server, you can join our Patreon over at patreon.com slash taotpodcast. We have a whole bunch of different rewards, such as early release, merch, and hours of bonus content. Yes, Hours. If that sounds like too much pressure, you can help the show by leaving positive iTunes reviews. They really help. Or telling all your friends about us, because nothing beats a personal recommendation. Thank, Thank you. you! Bye! Bye.